Hi, I'm Brian Jackson. In this podcast, which is really about survival, both spiritual and emotional, we look at the lies we are uncovering and the truths we are constantly discovering that help us to extract the splinters of society from our minds. This podcast is about music, justice, and everything in between. This is Pieces of a Man. Welcome to Pieces of a Man. I'm Brian Jackson, one half of the duo Gil Scott Heron and Brian Jackson. And along with co-host Keith Lamar, we look in on music and justice in America and the intricate relationship they share. Keith is calling in from death row at the Ohio State Penitentiary in solitary confinement for over 27 years, convicted while in prison for a crime several witnesses have testified he did not commit. Because of the COVID lockdown protocols, Due to the high rate of prison guard infections, it's not easy to get Keith out of his cell to use the landline phone that yields much better sound quality for our podcast. At first, we thought we'd just wait it out and see if we could schedule enough time to get a quick episode in. But it became more and more apparent that if we were going to be able to close this season out, we were going to have to go with the mobile phone. So Keith barricaded his cell with as much sound absorbent material as he could, and we went on with it. It definitely helped a little, but the combination of the poor quality of the phone's mic and the prison Wi-Fi signal it transmits and receives over was going to be impossible to overcome. And at the same time, some of the reasons why we were forced to record under those circumstances became the subject matter for these episodes. It made sense in that context for Keith to open up about his life in prison. We left the conversation largely unedited in hopes that its rawness helps to convey some of the stark realities that Keith faces. So please accept our apologies for the sound. A transcript will be made available in the show notes along with links to Keith's webpage, his social media pages, and his Native Sons Literacy Project. Thank you for listening. We pick up where we left off in episode seven. It's it's maddening, man. And then you... yeah, it's you you want to you want to bring your kids uh, into it, you know? That's the thing Ohio that correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. And I struggle with you know with the ways that uh, that this, that this the system uses to to indoctrinate the next generation constantly. Yeah, I struggle with the having young children of my own. You know, that's um mm-hmm. obviously you have to be in the world, but not of it. And uh, it's a difficult uh, thing yeah. to teach, man. It's a difficult thing to teach with peer pressure and, yeah, and the media. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's difficult partly because it's mandated that you have to turn your children over to them at five years old. Bring them to us. It's, 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 it's a law. <laughs> bring them to but us. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm speaking for myself as someone who doesn't have children, but as someone who has learned quite a bit from my mistakes, I would never turn my yeah, children over to your system. They don't, they don't even teach your children, right. you know, real history. The only thing they teach them that that's any reality is how to add and subtract. Because that's the only thing they give a damn about. <laughs> you know, you come through all of those years by <laughs> uh, 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 education, quote unquote. And you have no idea what it means to be a human being. No, they I don't mean, teach you anything about that. Talks. Yeah. Oh, we still having talks about how to be an anti-racist. <laughs> you know? 
what I mean? Yeah. It's a man. Yeah. I'm talking about, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in my 40s before I even learn or hear about reconstruction. Mm. Same here. And as a black man, as a black man, you're supposed to hear about the, the era of media file emancipation when they created black codes to entrap, re-entrap black people, particularly black men, back into slavery. You have and one minute remaining. To bring us out to, to various corporations for free labor and whatnot. It's a book called Slavery by Another Name to talk about it. You're supposed to know that. And, and then if you have this knowledge, then you also will have the power to resist the laws that, you know, that entrap you again. You know, I was telling people, like, this, this is like a circus, man. And, and, you know, at the circus, they had them little games where you're trying to get the teddy bear for your sweetheart. Oh, yeah, and yeah. You gotta, all you got to do is knock them eight bottles off the table. But it's fixed. Right? <laughs> You'll never do it. <laughs> I want to focus a little bit more on the campaign to raise money for your legal representation, or as you call it, to buy your freedom. Explain a little bit about the best way to contribute and and why. Just another little bit of information I learned this morning about change.org. So it's 160,000 people. Right. And they send me emails. My family then donated $50, $60 to this place, right? All right, what's done is done. So we're going to set it up, but we're going to engage with the 160,000 people. Come to find out, change.org won't give us their email. Oh. So we're like, what? They said, yeah, we can't give out the emails because we don't know if y'all might run a scam and then that would reflect badly on our business, right? Hmm. So, you know, that's 160,000. But so now we put a notice on the page embedded in the thing to let people know if you'd like to be involved in my campaign personally to go to my website. And so 10,000 people had already did that. Right. That's still a lot of people. But yeah, but it's not 160,000 people. That's 200,000. Right. Right, because it's just $2. 300,000. $20 is 200,000. 10,000 times 20, if my math is right, if they educated me right. (laughs) (laughs) But while we're talking about that, let's give everybody the information, the correct information as to where they can get in touch with you, where they can contribute where they can get more information. Shoot. Well, the primary place that people can get in touch with me is on my website, keithlamar.org, Justice Keith Lamar, on Facebook and Instagram. But once you go to keithlamar.org or Justice Keith Lamar, you'll find all the information that you need to view the video, to order the book, to contribute to the merch store that Amy is running to kind of raise money for funds. So everything that you need to get engaged in my situation is there for you. That's where the work has already been done at. And that's the good thing about the campaign is that, you know, everybody has contributed in their own individual ways to put together this foundation. So, yeah, you know, the change.org petition has been great. Unfortunately, we don't have access to the 160,000 people who signed the petition because change.org, as it turns out, won't supply us with those emails. I, I guess it's a form of self-protection. They don't want people to be able to run scams and scam people or whatever the case may be. 
But uh, over 10,000 people shared their email address on my website. So we're asking people to follow up and do that and share that website, share that information with other people and so that we can kind of keep the ball rolling, keep the momentum rolling. It's just the nature of, of the system. Everything is monetized, commodified, and, you know, um, buying your freedom is, is no different, man. You know, um, you just got to play the game as uh, degrading as it is, as, you know, unseemly as it is. If human beings are reduced to a price tag, it's already in and of itself a degradation. But, okay, I'm being degraded anyway. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, we so all are. Back briefly to, my, to the yeah, 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 we all are. But you, you to a to a greater extent, and, and you know. Part of it. Yeah, but um, I just want to say, yeah. I just want to once again encourage those who are listening not only to uh, to interact with Keith. I mean, following that same thread, Keith, mm-hmm. I encourage people to visit KeithLamar.org, to go on Instagram and Facebook, follow Keith on those platforms, because of the fact that the more followers that you have, the more visible you mm-hmm. are to those who look at these things and make decisions about who to get behind. So that's also a big part of it. That, yeah, that's a big part of it. But um, the more people who are paying attention to your situation, the less likely the people in here will remove you from participating in that, that outreach. Good point. You know, when 160,000 people sign a petition, that kind of sends a signal through the system. And I was expecting some kind of adverse reaction from the people who run this place. They kind of put me in a hole. But then I started thinking about it. That wouldn't be too smart for them to do that because 160,000 people is 160,000 people. That's 160,000 people potentially calling the phone. Mm-hmm. 160,000 okay. people writing letters. So you don't really want to poke at that mm-hmm. if you... You know, on this end of it. And so the more people who are engaged in my situation, right, right. the less harm that can come to me. It helps to protect you. Yeah, in a, in a weird way, it, it helps, helps to protect, to protect you. Me. Yeah. This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. Now, mind you, with that comes a responsibility. I have to make sure that I'm doing the things that I'm supposed to do on this end. And I want to assure people that that is the case. I'm not doing anything untoward, not dealing in drugs, not manufacturing any weapons or threatening anybody or doing anything that could jeopardize the support that's going on in my life, you know, because that would be foolish. That's important to note. I'd be 52-year-old. Yeah, that's, you know, I want that's important to note because I'm in a situation where it could all of a sudden be said that, hey, uh, we found the knife in this cell or, hey, um, he's smuggling drugs or anything, but going back to the mail. They taught you how to do math, do the math. Right. Why would I, less than three years away from a uh, supposed execution date, why would I, you know, and I have friends, and I'm one of the fortunate ones. I don't want for anything in here in terms of material things. I have food to eat. I have warm clothes to put on to protect me against the elements of whatnot. My family made sure of that. Plus, I'm 52 years old. I know the game. Yeah. I know selling drugs is a trap, so I don't do that. Right. You know, and I know that threatening these people was futile because they had the weapons. I don't. Right. You know what I mean? So exactly. any of those things, if you hear any of those things about me, it's a lie, Brian. It's yeah. a lie, man. I already know. You know, yeah. I'm not going to do anything to jeopardize the circle of love that's surrounding me right now. 
Well, I have an obligation, not take seriously that obligation, man. Yeah. Well, you know we all love you and we all trust you. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And we know you. Yeah. Right. So, and that's another reason why to get to, to read the website, to read the book. Get to know me. I know it's expected for people to judge people that's in my situation. Now, I'm sorry for my placement offense. You know, I took somebody's life. I was selling drugs. This person lived in that world where all these things were going on. And unfortunately, both of us lost our lives as a result. You know, I admitted to, owned up to what I did, and I paid the price for what I did. Willingly. You did your time I for that. Yeah. Price. Yeah. With, 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 yeah. I got 31 years in. Right. Going on 32 years, I've been in prison. Right. And I think more important than, than that is what I've done over the past several decades of my life. After I found, finally found my way back to myself, what I've been trying to do is redeem myself. Because beyond anything, above anything, Brian, is, is you know, falling short of my potential. Right. That's something that I have to live with. Right. 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 But that's also something that I've been trying to repair. You know, I've been doing a lot of outreach in, in conjunction with fighting for my life. I've been trying to save some other kids' lives. You have one minute remaining. I've been trying to, I've been fighting to save other kids, like kids who are caught up in the juvenile justice system, because that's how you bring balance to your life. Obviously, I can't bring back the person's life I took, but maybe I can save one of these young uh, people's lives who are coming behind me. Maybe I can save their lives. And in that way, try to redeem the life that I took. You know, This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. You know, so that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm trying to do, brother. Yes, I'm just sir. trying to do the right thing. Now. Yes, sir. You know, yes, just sir. trying to do the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, do right by myself, do right by my family, and do right by the people who love and support me, man. I'm just trying to do the right thing. Yeah. And just a point of information, Keith is referring to his Native Sons Literacy Project, nativesonsliteracy.org. Um, I'll leave a link in the show notes. Usually we have time to talk about the news headlines offline, but um, since time is limited, I just thought I'd throw this one out to you and see what you thought. Not sure why it tickled my fancy the way it did, but there's some interesting stuff here, man. Uh-huh. Trump tells McConnell it is too soon to give up. Soon after, majority Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell congratulated Joe Biden on the election win Wednesday. President Trump told McConnell in a tweet early that it was too soon to give up. Republican Party must finally learn to fight. Trump wrote, sharing an article, Trump's allies slammed Mitch McConnell for con- congratulating Biden. I mean, that's Trump's M.O., right? Um, I heard uh, Barr has also resigned because he came out and said there was no irregularities yep. in the election. Right. He told him, you got to go. But here, let me say this, Brian. Um, as absurd as Trump is as an individual, I understand, you know, the motivation to keep fighting. That's what I'm doing. But you got to bring the evidence, though. Yeah, I can understand if you feel you've been wrong and that, yeah, you're supposed to do everything you possibly can in order to right that wrong. You have that right. But you got to have the evidence, though. You have that right. But you have to have the evidence, though. You just can't keep saying, I didn't get a fair trial or I didn't get a fair election. And had I not come to the statements that I always knew existed, but they withheld them during my trial. I knew these statements existed. They had to exist. 
Somebody had to have, had to have saw somebody else do the murders that I was being accused of. I knew that because I didn't do it. And so, but the state withheld these uh, uh, statements to my child and the judge colluded with them to, to do that. But lo and behold, they took it in. And that's the thing when I'm talking about God, when I'm talking about how the universe works. I have the statements now. Yeah. It would be different if, if Trump had the goods. Because he's president of the United States. Surely he'll get a hearing. Here's what I have. But he'll be going from court after court with the best attorneys in the world. And all of them have, uh, have finally come out and said, like, listen, man, ain't nothing here. You know. But I got an actual statement of somebody who admitted to killing somebody from whom I was sentenced to death. I have that statement. I just recently uh, uh, discovered a statement from one of the key witnesses, one of the star witnesses, who mm. swore he saw me commit crimes, admit in this initial statement that I wasn't even in the bar. So this is what I want, you know, people to see. Mm-hmm. This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. So this is what I want people to, to see. Because yeah. often what I'm doing is we try my case in the court of public opinion. Yeah. I want the public's opinion on whether or not I, I got a fair trial or not. I would have to say that you know, out of all the people who I've spoken to who read the book, the consensus is that there is no way that you could have possibly committed the murders that occurred during the Lucasville riot, man. This is why I think it's so important whenever I talk to people, I always tell them to read the book because it gives such an in-depth accounting of what you saw and what you didn't see, you know, and where you were and where you were not. Right, you say, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You say read the book. Read the, read, read and, the and, book. Um, read the book. That's yeah. so amazing, man. You, you, you just don't know, brother. The, the, the fact that there's even a, a, a book to read, I'm talking about just the struggle it took just to learn how to to write about your life, what you was going, through, what you what you go through. You know, not a lot of people know how to tell their story. You know, a lot of people, first of all, don't feel that their story is worth telling. But it's a difficult thing to do. I'm still working on mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a good writer too, man, and you got a hell of a story. You know, I, you know, we talk a lot, you know, beyond what we record and share with people. We just talk a lot about life, you and I, man, and it's a hell of a story. You know, just, just, you know, you, well, all of us go through our trials and tribulations, our ups and downs. Yeah. You know, based on the situations that we are born into, the circumstances, the context that we come into this world, you know, confronted, that we are confronted by these different situations and circumstances, but... I can't wait for people just learn more about your story too, brother. Because this is triumph, you know, in a lot of ways, you know? Yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks. While we're talking about your book, yeah. I think the way you were able to physically get your story down on paper yeah. is an interesting one. Andy Godev, you know, participating since day one um, with my campaign. You know, Amy, man, um, helped me write the book. Really, I would transcribe the book over to her over the phone. As crazy as that may sound, because I didn't trust the mail. And so I just used to, every morning between 8 and 10 o'clock, I used to read to her, and she used to type it into the computer. We did the whole book like that. 
had a little kids. Lola was five years old. Yeah. Daniel was eight years old when they came into my life. And now Daniel is, you know, basically overseeing my Instagram account along with quite a few other people, right? And Paulie, he's tweeting out, putting stuff on Facebook. They whole family, man. But, you know, just to have the, that come to full circle like that, man, it's just a humbling Laurie Swain, Laurie Swain is the one who uh-huh. produced the documentary while we give him shout out. Right. Laurie Swain, she rolled all over Ohio doing interviews, put together the documentary. Gwen Mason, Gwen. you know, accompanied her, you know, her, her, her role dog, mm-hmm. you know, so she won't be on the car by herself. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, um, you know, Jess, Jay Soul, Wiley, right. Brian Jackson, Marion, you know, uh, Zelda and Nathan. Yeah. There are so many people, too many people to, you know, to, to really call out. Lana, all the information she's been giving us, you know, keeping us abreast of certain things that's going on and making those connections. I mean, somebody on the other side of the world. Shout out to our UK you know, and listeners. So, and yeah. so many people who have come into my life and that has restored my faith in humanity. You know, so even if my worst fears come true. And I tell people this all the time. I don't feel like my life has been a race. Particularly these past 20 odd years. I've been in prison for 32 years, but just in the last two decades, which is a long time under any stack. But the last 20 years, I've been really living my life. A good life, Brian. A good life, brother. And I'm proud of it. I'm proud of it. They so say you, you judge people by their friends. And I really wish people can see and meet some of the... This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. And they say you have to judge people by their friends. And I really wish people can meet and get to know some of the people who I count among my friends. Dennis O'Hearn. Another great brother. Beautiful person, man. It's like Bill Gay. You know, and, and just all the help, you know, Helen. You know, the typical little young person that, you know, a part of our circle, you know, uh, uh, brilliant. Well, who knows what kind of brilliant stuff she's going to do? Daniel, you know, Lola, Polly. You know, I can just go on forever, name of people, man, who have been instrumental in helping me carry my, my, yeah. my story forward. And without whom I would still be a, a nameless, faceless person. But it's just about doing the work. And, and Ralph Waldo Emerson saying, if you do what you are assigned, you can neither hope too much nor dare too much. You just have to do what you are assigned. So, you know, the question, you know, becomes where, from which comes the assignment, though? Life. Life, man. Life telling you what you need to do. You know, you have to be in tune with your life. At some point along the way, something told me that I had to learn how to write. And I listened to that, and, I, and Richard Wright taught me how to write. In his book, Native Sons, I listened to it and read it every day. Every day. And I still do. I still do. Even to this day. I, I got it in my TV player right now. You know, nobody has CDs nowadays, but I do. You know what I mean? And I listen to it. Particularly CD number 14. That's the CD where everything is at. If you get the Richard Wright, Native Sons, the 14th CD, it's so called. <laughs> you know, it's it's cold, man, that somebody somebody was that brilliant on this planet, mm. man. And I have all this stuff right here within arm's reach, man. And I feel so blessed for that.
Yeah. You know, and all this music, man, you know, I have, you know. Yeah, yeah, man. This Was- call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. You have a serious collection. Yeah, yeah, you spent yeah. a long time curating yeah, I, and I've had to discard a lot of stuff. Yeah, that's not for me. But you gotta figure out what's for you, what belongs to you, what speaks to you. And before that, so you gotta find out who you are first before you can start right. classifying this stuff. That's right. You know what I mean? But and that took me ten, ten, twelve years just to figure out who I was again. Right. You know what I mean? You know, and so the last twenty years I can say I've really been <laughs> I've really been doing some Good quality yeah. living, man. Good quality living. I owe that to a lot of people, though. You know, yeah. I didn't do it on my own. Snoop, I always mention Snoop when I'm talking yeah. about my yeah. life. Yeah. Oh, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> he's dead now, man. You know, I found out he got off a of death row as he told me he would, but he died shortly after that of cancer. Isn't oh, that something, man? man? That's how yeah. it happened. He told me he was going to get off that broker. because this dude was brilliant, Brian. I'm talking about quantum physics, the whole nine yards. He knew about everything. But, you know, and, and, and he was a drug dealer. He didn't get caught selling drugs. He got caught doing something totally outside of that, man. And, and um, for whatever reason, he took a liking to me, man. And I sat out of his foot um, and just soaked it all up, man. Wow. And that that I think saved me. I think that saved me, Snoop. Yeah. And he was funny too, man. Funnier than David Chappelle. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> That's pretty funny, yeah, man. man. <laughs> this guy was hilarious, man. You know, he was hilarious, man. You know, yeah, he used to write me letters, man, and and draw a little. You know, little men on it. You know, I mean, to illustrate some of the points that he was making in the letter. You know. <laughs> oh, that's great, man. That's and great. Captions, you know. You know, I'm a clown. You know what I mean? It's like that. You know. Yeah. And he helped me work through a lot of my fears. Thank you for using GTL. Yeah, brother, man. Strange times, man. Strange, strange I just, times. I just want to say, man. Uh, yeah, it's definitely strange times that we're moving through, especially uh, in here. Mm-hmm. Um, moving through some difficult days, man, these last several months or so. Yeah. And I know that this is kind of different from the format that we usually try to put together. And I know you, um, you know, are really just trying to focus on me and my situation. And I appreciate that, brother. Um, you know, um, you've been doing that from the very beginning, man, just trying to help me get my word out to that. So it's just let me just personally thank you, Brian, just for taking that time, brother, and, and, and just for help elevate, you know, my voice and everything, man. I can't even put into words how um, grateful I, I am for that, for you taking the time away from your family, from your kids. You know, I, I don't know where they at because I don't hear any noise in the background. So <laughs> maybe you had them sequestered in some kind of soundproof room, you know, while we doing it. <laughs> no, man, they're right outside the door, man. <laughs> but but no, man, you know what? <laughs> you know, yeah, but, but, you know, but I appreciate it, brother. Damn, I appreciate it, man. Look here, man. You know, like, and, and, over and the... in hopes that we can bring more people into the conversation into the circle, man. Let's, you know, widen the circle. Absolutely. You know, uh, yeah. But, uh, I think it was Alice Walker who said it. 
um, anything you love can be saved. Alice Walker said that. You know, anything you love can be saved. I hope that means that I can be saved because I definitely got a lot of love in my life. This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. You definitely have a lot of love in your life. You've given a lot of love, and that's the love that's coming back at you, man. And you've also added so much uh, wisdom and insight to this podcast, man. And it wouldn't be the same without you. Keith, thank you for participating in this journey together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, over the, the last few years, I mean, over the last few months that we've gotten to know each other. and uh, like some years, though, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, but yeah, what I'm trying yeah. to say is you, you feel like family, too. So I got the time. Yeah, man, and um, I don't take that lightly, man. You know, I don't take that lightly at all, man. And, um, yeah, I hope in some way I've been able to return some of the kindness and generosity you've shown me since the beginning, since day one. You know, because, you know, it's about reciprocity, man. I believe in, you know, you know, keeping it moving, keeping it circulating, man. And I try to do that with everybody who reach into my life. I try to, you know, be, you know, for them what they're trying to be for me, man, and kind of mirror back to them what they need, you know, you know, what they're giving, you know. So, yeah, yeah. I'm well, I, to that. You know? I've spoken yeah, to many that. of them. And I, I could speak, I feel like I can speak on their behalf when I, when I say that, um, that you have given back much more, much more than that, you know, and, and we appreciate and love oh, you, man. Just, oh, before we go, let me just say also one of my main supporters, Amy Turk, she running the Twitter account. She in charge of the Twitter thing. So I would be remiss if I didn't mention her. Amy Turk, she's been a great help. Her brother Ben Turk, too. Yeah, it's just too many people. If I didn't mention your name for whatever reason, charge it to my, my head, not my heart, because I deeply love everybody who's involved in my campaign. And I think, you know, Alice Walker had it right. Anything love, anything you love can be saved. And and I think I'm going to be saved. I'm already saved because, you know, I'm living my life with all of y'all. And so, you know, I feel good about that. The lawyers, they've been trucking these kids down here to see me since they was in diapers. And having those kids in my life, having those kids in my heart has, you know, helped me, you know, remain on the human side of things. I'm sure of that. <laughs> I'm know, sure of that. Yeah. <laughs> I totally yeah, get you, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. And we can't forget yeah, about, yeah. we can't forget about your Uncle Maney, man, because we were supposed to, we were supposed to give him a shout out yeah, a little man. while ago, man. So, you know, um, uh, what's up? What's up, brother? Right, yeah. We wanted to give you that shout-out. That's shout my out. main man, Dwight Lamar, <laughs> my, grand, my grandfather's oldest son. Yeah. He's just like my granddad. Me and my granddad were close, too, Brian. Mm. And um, my uncle come to see me every month before the quarantine, before coronavirus. I'm a day in the visit. You have one minute remaining. Mm-hmm. I would see my grandfather's mm-hmm. face in my uncle's face. And I said to my uncle, I, I just saw him. You know, you know. So on the visit with my uncle, also get to see my yeah. grandfather as well. So it's a bonus. And he's been coming down here faithfully, man, for years. Yeah, twenty years, over two decades, my uncle. Beautiful. Yeah, my whole family, man. A lot of my family, my nieces and nephews. I got a lot of good people in my life, man. And so you do the same for us, brother. Well, I just wanted to uh, to close out that um, that section, man. And I appreciate, man. I appreciate this. 
Um, I know that it wasn't the best of circumstances from an audio oh, yeah, yeah. perspective, but um, we're looking forward to to many more, many more conversations in the future. Okay. So happy holidays, everyone. And, uh, and thanks a lot. And we'll we'll yeah. see you on the other yeah. side. See you on the other side, yeah. Thanks, yeah. Thank you, Keith. Thank you talk for you using soon. GTL. We were initially going to talk about things that have gone on since the election. But after our conversation about Brandon Bernard's death and the recent speed up of federal executions, the COVID lockdown in the prison, it became clear that there was no subject more important than what Keith and too many others like him are going through. As a reality check, as a friend of Keith's described the raw quality of the episode, you heard the voice of Brenda, which is what Keith calls the lifeless message that interrupts his phone calls every five minutes, almost always just when the conversation is getting good. You might have heard loud sounds in the background or doors slamming and men yelling across corridors. I hope that Keith's description of some of his daily challenges and heartbreaks starts a fire of restless outrage inside of you as it has in all of us and moves you to join us in fighting to see to it that Keith Lamar lives the rest of his natural life feeling the sun on his face whenever he pleases. We soldier on. Continue to be safe in 2021 and thank you for your support. You can find out more about Keith Lamar at keithlamar.org and Justice for Keith Lamar on Facebook and Instagram. Support his struggle and learn about his case by buying his book, Condemned, on Amazon. I'm Brian Jackson, and this has been Pieces of a Man.